Welcome to the Redeemed Podcast, The Encounter, where we encounter the reality and things that the youth face in our generations. There's a lot of things that we all deal with, and sometimes we don't have places to turn to. So welcome, and we're going to be touching on some topics. We're part of our Ministeros of Inicet in Los Angeles, or Ebenezer Ministries in Los Angeles. So let's get this podcast started. Um, Let's talk about something that's, I think we need to get back to basics sometimes. I think we focus too much on deep things at times, but I think the first question is, when did we encounter Christ? A lot of people were born in church, they grew up in church, and they think that that automatically may save them, right? They're automatically saved because their parents are Christian. Right. But yeah. a lot of the times, we forget that each one of us are responsible for our own individual salvation. Finding our first encounter with Christ, that first moment when we knew that he became no longer the God of our parents, but our personal God and Savior. So let's talk about that. I don't know. We have Maynard here with us, and we have Raquel. They're part of our, our youth group here. And then we also have Danny, uh, who's our youth leader here. Hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> so I, I guess the first question is, you know, I don't know about you guys. I Personally, in my personal experience, I grew up in church. I, I was born into the church. My parents were too. And then, you know, it, it's been a generational thing for us. And I did have that situation, you know, if I can share my experience to start with, you know, where I remember the moment when I first encountered Christ. You know, I had gone, I was already like 10 years old. And I think my first encounter was uh, in the kids' class. I remember, I remember even the teacher's name, and he was like, you know what, guys? Why don't you come up to the front of the class, and let's pray, and, and let's sing some worship songs, and we kind of did that. And by the end of the night, like, there was like maybe 50 kids in that class. I, I do not remember one, eye, one dry eye in that room. And that was kind of my first encounter with the presence of God. Like, okay, now I know that this God that my parents have taught me about and that I've heard from stage and from my teachers, he's real. And I think that's where I made the decision of like, okay, let me turn my personal life over to God. Let me accept Jesus as my savior and go from there. You know, I don't know if you had that kind of experience as well, Danny. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> as most of you guys know me and if you guys don't, um, I'm, um, you know, the apostle's son. And in that time, my dad was a pastor and there was always like a little, like a chip on my shoulder, you know, expecting that I was supposed to be more spiritual then the next kid, you know, I was like probably like 10, still, you know, still messing around, still kicking people. <laughs> and they would expect like such a high thing for me. And As a PK. I, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that, they, they still, people still call me that. And I'm like, I don't like it, but whatever, you know. But the, the thing is that, that, that what I was trying to get at is that I I didn't like it. I didn't like church. I'll be honest. I didn't like church. And, and I, I despised the people inside of it because... When they pr- when they give you such a pressure, they give you such a high standard to live live up to. When you're just ten, eleven, twelve, you you feel this pressure, and then you can't go out. You can't do what the other kids are doing. Why can't I go to the mall on Friday with all my friends? Because we have church. Why can't we? Why why can't I watch a football game on Sunday? Because we go to church. So I think in the in the question of my 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 encounter, I've had many. I, I can say that God has a. Uh, uh, 
has presented himself in, in my life. But And I still, I hope to have many more, you know, because the encounters don't stop. But I think the turnaround point, the one that brought me from light to darkness, was um <clears throat> was the one that, um, I'll be honest with you guys, all right? this is like a story time. So I was, I was, <laughs> um, I was uh, with my friends. I was with a lot of friends. And um, I was not doing good stuff. I was going out. I was um, I was around all the all the sins that I didn't want to be around, and um, I would remember I would come and play, and 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 then I'll never forget this. That when I used to play when I was like in, in sin, it used to be a blur. Promise, it used to be a blur. Like I would like get on automatic, like on like in neutral, and just go with whatever that's going. And that's why today when I play, I, I say, God, God, I don't want to. I don't want to be like that. If you're gonna use me. Use me the right way, and I want to feel it. Yeah, exactly. So, just quickly, because if I can go, I'll, you know, the probably the whole podcast telling you guys my stories. But um, I got down, and 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 God and God and God spoke to me in my heart, and He was like, and He was like, despite everything you do, I still love you. And I was just like, okay. Went out, called my friends, and I said, "This is it, guys. That's it. Don't ever call me again." Don't ever think I'm going to go out there again. I'm going to go to church. And a lot of people are telling me, ah, church? Church? What is church going to bring? What is church going to do this? And I said, look, this is my decision. Either you deal with it or not, I'm out. Cool. And and I think that um, I wear this. I wear this bracelet and I give you guys all. And it says, uh, you know, what would Jesus do? It says he would love first. And that's what he showed me. Therefore, that's what I show people. Love first. Right, right. And, and you know it's interesting I, I, you know just so you know Danny and I are older than Raquel and, and me and are sitting here at yeah. the table here with us but you know they're more like they're, they're teenagers and yeah. you guys are youth um, and I think it's when we it, there comes a point when you have to make a decision when you're young right you know at some point it doesn't it can be at 12 it can be at 10 it can be at 18 whatever it is you're starting a new stage in life. You're essentially start, start entering a new land. Yeah, you're in to your make life. a decision whether right. you want to be serious about right. Jesus and or you want to live the worldly life. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. But there comes a time, and, and and it comes at different times for different people. And you know, this 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 verse came to mind, and it's I guess we can call it the creed of our ministry here in, in LA, right. and, and that's the Joshua twenty four. You know, the Israelites are getting ready to go into Israel, I mean, to the Promised Land, into Canaan, into Canaan, right? And then so Joshua asked them, like, who are you? Who are you guys going to serve? Like, are you, which God are you going to choose? The God of your parents? The God of the land of Egypt? And then Joshua tells them, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So it kind of comes to mind, like, with young people, right? Like, you guys are entering, like, either, you know, adolescence, you know, teenage years, or maybe going from 18, becoming, turning 18, becoming an adult. So you're entering a new land, and then we have to kind of ask ourselves, I think, who am I going to serve now? Am I going to serve... You know, money. Am I going to serve fame? Am I going to serve Instagram? Right in the way, <laughs> right? right? The, the, the likes. And you know, and like the first, the first thing that um that 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 we see in the Bible in Genesis, in Genesis one three says, "Then God said, let there be light, and the light began to shine." But check this out. He saw that light, and he knew it was good. So he understood that being in the light was good. And check this out. Then he separated light from darkness. So as you guys say, we can we can all speak together. We can understand that. Why, when God makes you and turns and makes you, and let's just, I don't want to say makes you, but almost convinces you to turn away from all that darkness and become light, you understand that you no longer fit in that darkness, right? You become, wherever you go, you almost become a nuisance. Like, oh my God, dude, here comes Maynard, dude. He doesn't do anything bad. He's a good-looking guy. And I'm like, he just never wants to go out. He never wants to do, all he says he wants to go to this church. 
Oh my god, he, he almost become annoying to people because that's what happens with light and darkness. Yeah, my friends eventually stopped inviting me places. You never come out with us. You're always busy. Like Fridays was a thing. Like you said, go to the mall. You know, stay for the football games. That was the biggest thing ever. And I would get into arguments with my mom. Mom, let me stay. Can I please stay? And she wouldn't let me. You know, I don't have to come to church. And now, years later, now that I'm older, I appreciate that. You know, it like when you're young and they kind of force you to go. It kind of like eventually you get to a point where you have to make the decision, you know? And for me personally, it happened a few years ago. It happened when I was like 15, 16. I was, I was going to school in Chatsworth and I was very troubled. I was getting into a lot of problems. I was hanging with the wrong crowd. And eventually I realized that I needed to get out of that. And when I decided, when I took the decision to get out of there, I realized that God kept me from so many bad things. He kept me from getting in trouble. The things that my friends were doing, I was doing it with them, but they were getting in so much more trouble than I was. I was somehow scraping by untouched. And now that I look back on it, it was God keeping me from all those bad things. Like he had a plan for me, you know? Like I, I truly believe that I'm chosen because if not, I would have ended up in the same place that my friends are. Right, and, and, it's, and it's, it's hard to make those decisions when you're young. Um, it's hard to make it as an adult. I actually Especially, spoke about it to Danny right. about that decision, if you remember, bro. Yeah. It's hard uh, to do it. Yeah. If you don't mind me, if you don't mind me sharing a few things about you. That when, when, when you came to church, and I'm sorry if I'm... If I'm <laughs> no, I, bro, I was bad. I'll never forget that I, I, I've known this kid for like, since he was a little kid, I have pictures of him like when he was like like a toddler, dude. Like, like five, like, bro. Like five years old. Like, like literally he was dancing around here. And then I see him again, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's big. And, you know, he comes in, he goes, yo, what's up? And he was like, hmm. hey, let me add you on Instagram. I was brand new to Instagram at that point. And then the first thing I see is, you know, him, and if you don't mind me saying, right, he was, he was, uh, you know, he was he was doing, like, inappropriate stuff in, in his Instagram, right? And then I see him, and, and the first thing, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but the first thing I saw was myself. Because it's not the fact that you do not Instagram. It's the fact that you do it in your heart. So that was who I was in my heart when I was younger. So I said, and I said, oh, I know what this guy needs. He needs love. So right away, with the guy, with, with the guys, of course, I can't, I can't get like that with girls, right? Oh, she needs love, right? I can't do that. But, <laughs> but I can easily say that. I saw, I saw it, and I said slowly, he was like, yeah, bro, but, you know, he wouldn't come Fridays. I'll never forget. He, would, he wouldn't come. He wouldn't, he would come, like, once in a while. And I was like, hey, why don't you come? He's like, oh, I have soccer. And I would tell him, I was like, all right. I was like, okay, okay, you know, soccer. I would let it go. And then I slowly i started like tightening it up you know what i mean i was like hey what are you gonna do what what, what is what is your what is your what, what are you gonna do are you gonna play soccer the rest of your life or are you gonna follow jesus for the rest of your life you know what you know when that decision came it's crazy god has a plan for everything like everything falls in perfect timing i remember we were at the retreat and i got a call friday night from my academy coach and he called me he's like manor i'm sorry mm. to let you know but out of the four people in your position you're at the bottom you told because me. of my health wise i had back issues you know and he told me that they had to cut me and they wouldn't give me time to get better and i was like right cool and it broke my heart honestly because i played for one of the best teams in the country like i had thought i was going to like grow up to be pro or something and when that like fell through i felt so lonely i felt so vulnerable and that's when i took the decision that that point that retreat was amazing for me. I had multiple hermanos come give me a word. You actually came to give me a word that retreat. I don't know if you remember. And it was multiple. I don't. <laughs> it was multiple hermanos actually all, all kind of saying the same thing, which is why I know it was coming from God. God was telling me you're hurting right now, but don't worry, I have a plan for you, you know? Um, at the time, I had always wanted to serve, but I wouldn't be able to serve because I was gone every weekend. I would have to go to sleep early Fridays to wake up Saturday so I wouldn't come to church. When I was actually able to start serving and actually giving my time here, 
it was when I really started to change. And also a big thing for us youth, I don't know about you guys, but having a class where there's like 30 kids that all are kind of pushing towards the same goal, when you have your friends that also want to pray with you, when you have friends that also want to talk about the Bible, it helps you a lot. Because when you're in school, when you're in the world, they don't want to talk about these kind of things. And if you bring them up to just be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Right. You know, it's interesting how you share your story, how you had, had, kind of had to make that decision, you know. There's, there's different ways when we encounter that decision point, you know. First, we can make that choice, like on a personal choice. Like, you know, somehow something clicks in our head. And it's like, all right, I think I need to, like, make this decision for myself. Second, there can be people who can f- kind of push you to make that decision. They're not going to force you to accept it, but they'll kind of, like, guide you towards that direction. Kind of maybe like what happened with you and Danny, right? Actually, another big thing was my brother. I remember my brother would, every Friday, I wouldn't want to come, and he'd, like, kind of force me to come. Like, he'd, right. even, he'd even iron my clothes for me, and he'd put it there. He's like, hey, there's your clothes. Let's go. Right, and it was not more of a forcing. I think maybe that's the wrong word to use. More like encouraging. Yeah, push he, you he in was a positive, out of love. Push yeah. you in a positive direction, correct, with love, because without love, then it just becomes by force, and that's not the way you should be accepting Christ. Other times, we have to make the decision in life and death or even difficult moments. Because I, I, I haven't had that experience, but I know of people who've like literally been on the verge of death. And it's then they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should accept Jesus Christ as my savior. Not because they're afraid they're going to die and go to hell, but more like, oh, this just like woke me up. And this is a time where all these things that my parents have been planting, the seeds we call them, right? That God, that God that has been planted in my heart. Now they kind of start to sprout. They some fall roots. into place. Bro. Yes, like exactly what right. you're saying. So like after years of your parents telling you things when you're growing up, you don't really listen to them or pay attention too much to it. But when you hit a certain age and you actually start reading the Bible and everything they tell you correlates with what you're reading, it, it's just an amazing feeling. So there's different, right? There's so different categories, different experiences, and I think a lot of people, a lot of young people, even adults, get a little saddened where it's like, well, my experience wasn't the same as yours, right. as yours, or maybe Raquel's even, right? Where like. How come I didn't accept Christ in other circumstances? And each life, each story, we can call it, is different. And there's different ways where we end up having to recognize the need for Jesus Christ in our lives. And if you guys don't mind me saying this, yeah. just just for the people that are, are here and here and listening to this thing right now, just because we're telling you guys this experiences doesn't mean that you have to look for the same ones. When I was younger, I remember my aunt used to be like, oh, you know, I saw an angel. So I went back down to the to the praying board Trying to see and an I angel. said, God, let me see an angel. And then she would tell me, no, 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 no. Look for your own experiences. So I understood. I'm not chasing anybody's rabbit. I'm chasing my own. Just for the, for the I'm sorry for the mundane example, but chase your own rabbit. Don't chase other people's rabbit. Chase your own rabbit because that's what's important. Maybe God doesn't want to show you an angel. Maybe he wants, for example, um, if you don't mind me saying one more thing, like for example, the way God speaks to me, it's through it's through like my experiences. For example, he speaks to me through you guys, right? Through the through the through the youth. And for example, I tell Mike, God, why don't you understand, man? Don't don't do that. And then God tells me, hmm, how does it, how does it feel? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yeah, it doesn't feel so good, you know? Why can't I understand these things? And I fall on the same things. God feels the same way. Understand it, Raquel? How did you come? Um, well, it was, it was actually, it happened last year and, well, I was born into, um, a Christian home. Like my parents were full on, you know, like looking for God and everything. And when I was little, I would, 
I would too, but like I guess I didn't really understand it the way I do now because I was just like, oh, you know, like sometimes I don't know, my mom would like pray or like fast sometimes for someone else's need or, or just to get closer to God, and then I would do it too, but I didn't understand it, but I just did it because she did it, and I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, but I didn't I didn't really understand it until now, and then I guess over the years, especially when I went into middle school, um, I started. Because in middle school, you see even more people, and it's different types of people. Right. And so, um, I guess I just, well, not I guess, I did go into the wrong crowd, and, like, I started falling off a bit, and um, I didn't really, like, put much thought into it, And but now until I think about it more. Um, I remember my mom, when I was, like, in that, like, falling off time, she would like always remind me of she said in Spanish she was like recuérdate que tú estás atada al altar porque yo lo hice antes de que tú nacieras and then I was like oh my god um, pressure it's yeah pressure. And, and then <laughs> and it's like it's, I feel like she knew that I wasn't like doing so well because I wasn't like talking about like God as much as I had when I was little it's saying, God like, the same thing would happen to me yeah. I'd be in sin and then like my mom would send me a text God says this, and I'll be like, whoa, yeah, yeah, damn. Definitely. Like, it, it make me feel, like, completely, like, guilty as to what I was doing yeah. in the moment. And, you know, it's crazy when you talk about, like, your mom, and, and maybe you're also bringing up your mom, like, you know, if you grew up in a, in a Christian family, or even, even if you don't, you know, our our parents are praying for us to have that personal encounter. And that kind of reminds me of, like, the like the Samuel's mom. You know, how she didn't, she couldn't conceive a child and then she just like cried and cried for a child and then when she learned that she was going to have Samuel she practically said well I'm going to tie him to the altar essentially I'm going to turn him over and let him be used by God and look he became this this, this prophet right yeah. and and so like we forget that even though we don't have our personal encounter there's a team we can call our parents who are behind the scenes praying for you and tying you to the altar, like you said, Raquel. Yes. And, and and God catches the tears of our mothers. It's not going to just hit the ground uselessly. God's going to catch those tears in due time, that seed, those tears that she shed, those prayers that she made, that tying to the altar sounds a little bit weird to say, but it is. It's promising your life to God. Yeah. And in due time, God does that. He, he, he kind of brings the children to the path, like I said, through different experiences, right? Personal decision, that life and death decisions, or even youth leaders encouraging you to like seek Christ. If you guys don't mind me giving you an example of what you said, you're gonna finish your story right now, I promise. But last time I was asking uh, my brother, and I was saying, why do people, for example, imagine I left church. Have you guys ever always, always seen this? People leave church and have a kid, and they come back just to kind of like you know present it to God. Mm -hmm. And I say, but I told them, but they're not coming to church anymore. So why do they do that? And they said, I don't know, but, you know, we'll do it because it's godly, so we, we do it. So I was telling him, I was like, but wouldn't that make it harder for the kid? He was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, it's like you go and buying a pizza and for them to to change it to every single, every single, like, Costco. So imagine you go buy a Costco and they say, oh, the Costco pizza's over there. Oh, the Costco pizza. So, so it's almost like God is chasing you around everywhere you go and you can't, you can't run away from it. You have the calling. They gave you to God. Mm. Therefore, he wants it back. He wants what he bought. Mm. So so by that saying, is that, that that's why you have that feeling of, dude, I, 
I, I am doing bad stuff, but I, I can't completely give myself into these bad things because my mom gave me away, for example. Let's say, right, to God, but continue. Yeah, yeah and it was... I like to think of it now. It, it's really cool how it how it all like <coughs> happened that I came to Christ because I remember that when I was doing bad bad things and not uh, doing God's will in my life, um, when we would still dance, I remember that I would I would like um, dance until like I couldn't anymore and like um, with the strength that God gave me. But when I was doing that stuff, I literally felt every time that I was dancing that I was getting weaker and weaker. I, I felt it. And I was like, this is so weird. I've never felt this tired before. My arms never felt this tired before. Why do I feel like this? And I don't even know why I was questioning myself because I knew that I was doing something bad, but I literally felt it in my body. And then, and then when we went to the retreat last year, it, it just, it clicked in my head. And I was like, now I know why I feel so tired when I dance because I'm not doing it for God. I'm just doing it to do it. And because I say that I like it and, but it's like, I'm not fully in it. And so last year in the retreat, I just, I was like, you know what, God, I can't do this anymore. I know I'm doing wrong. I need to stop messing around and I really need to give my life to you. And that's what I did. And then also like what helped me was that, um, we see that the times now are, not the same anymore and that Jesus we can see that his second coming is so much sooner than we thought and that was always something that was ringing in my head too and I was like why am I wasting my time on things that aren't worth it when I know Jesus can literally come like tomorrow and I'm not even ready and so I was like I guess not fear because of that but also it's just like I need to learn that I can't like God is in a game I can't just like come to him when I need him and then just leave and then go on with my life as if nothing happened. You, you know, it, it's funny how you said about, it's not funny, but I mean, it, it's true about the second coming of Christ being so much closer, right? You know, when, when I was younger, I used to think before the thing, my, my first encounter with Christ, I, I used to like ask my dad, like, why, why do I need to accept Christ? And he told me one time, look, two things can happen. Either Christ returns and you're not ready or Christ returns for you and you're not ready. So it sounds a little weird, but it's more like, what if it's your turn tonight to go back home and you're not ready? So it's, uh, you know, a lot of people focus too much on the second, and, and, and we should. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But what if God's coming back for you tonight, right? I'm not saying, God forbid. I'm not yeah. wishing death on anyone <laughs> or scaring anyone. No, of course But not. you don't know. You don't know what God's doing, right? No, of like, course. You know, God God works in mysterious ways, and, and, and that could be one thing. So yeah, Life's not guaranteed tomorrow. Right, it's not. So... So that kind of like started to click on me. And, and I think like like those seeds that my dad planted in my heart, like when I was a child, like it came to kind of fruition or took roots from that, that encounter that I had. I was, I was reading in Proverbs 13.9, just so you guys, so we can, so we can like see why this is so important. It says, the light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. So... You know, you might say, Danny, what are, you, what are you, Danny, you know, and his weird sayings, you know, what are you, what are you trying to say, you know? But what I'm trying to tell you guys is that if you're doing good, if you're the light of everything, you're going to be there. But if you continue to be wicked, then what's going to happen? You're going to, excuse me, we're going to be put out. God doesn't need anybody wicked, especially, excuse me, but like, like we did, right? We played, we, we, we understood that we weren't doing the right things in church, right? 
So therefore, if we're playing with both things, it's incorrect. Good thing that God forgives us, right? Yes. And he he overlooks our mistakes. But but let me let me tell you that that's the number one thing that 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 we do as as youth as and and we don't understand that is that we make the holy vain. And that's something that God doesn't like. If you guys remember, <clears throat> just you guys understand and and just you guys understand for example in 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 Joseph in the Joseph story, I've heard it a million times. I've told you guys a few yeah. times. Look at him. He was chosen before he was born. Check this out. Then his brothers hated him. Then they sold him. <laughs> then he went. He became the second in command. Not second in command, but he, he became the helper of the of the of one of the guys from the, from. I don't want to tell you his name and everything, but he was a helper. Then he got charged for rape of his wife. Then he stayed. I don't know how many years in jail. So what does that mean? When God does this, when God puts puts you in a difficult position, He's stretching you out, getting you ready for what He called you for. He's stretching you out and making you go through this, making you feel weak. You know your problems. Oh, you know you got cut from the team. You know me making me feel horrible, making me feel dirty. I still feel dirty till today. He stretches you out. So when you're ready, what happens? What happens to to, to Joseph? He comes out, helps him with the, with the. With the with the what's it called with the dream, mm-hmm. and where does he go? Does he go? Um, does he go um, anywhere? Does he start? Oh, we gotta start in the bottom. He goes straight to the top. So you guys, got, so you guys understand that this this process that you guys are going through, it's it's, it's a process that we all have to go. There's a there's a, for example, um, I'm gonna give you guys like a bunch of examples. David, he had to go through a process. He had to kill the lion to get to the bear. To get to Goliath. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But what do we want? Oh, give me Goliath, God. We're not even ready for the lion. We're not ready. We're not ready. We're not ready. And that's why when when Saul tells him, oh, who is this this kid that wants to fight Goliath? He says, he he, he tells him, you're too small. You can't fight. I I was preaching about it yesterday. And he goes, no, 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 wait. Look at my credentials. I killed the lion. I killed the bear. So you know what Saul says? Perfect. Then may God be with you. So you see what I'm saying? So all these things that are going through us in our youth is important because it's a process. And even if you think, Danny, but, you know, why are my why are my my parents uh, going through a divorce? Or why is everything, you know, so horrible in my house? Because it's a process. So when you become somebody to help you understand those people, I've, I've told you guys this a million times. Yeah, it's, bro. It's not about, it's not about me and, and, you know, oh, what am I going to do with you guys? It's what you guys are going to do with the next generation. Yeah, but, like, I feel like what you went through really helped me out. And what I like, I want what I went through someday. Help out another kid. You feel what I'm saying? Like I want to be able to talk to a kid and be able to not not because of my will, but be God working through me to help steer at least one kid in the right direction. Right. Because when you have people above you, leaders like you, Deborah, Giselle, my brother at home, Eric here now, so many people guiding you and directing you, it's a lot easier to be able to say, "I know where I'm going." But when you grow up, like I grew up in a, a Christian household as well. Since I was like five, we started going to church. And it was a constant thing. My mom, like you said, was always telling me stuff like that and stuff. And I found it weird. I was like, whoa, whoa, so much pressure, you know. <laughs> but now that I look back on it, it, it my, the life has been harder because like you said, God wants what he asked for, which I feel like the, dart, the enemy throws darts at you even more. Okay. Like when you're chosen, the enemy doesn't want you to be chosen. And when you go through all those things, like you said, it stretches you out, bro. And I feel like everything that we've gone through, it just builds character. Like, I forgot what the verse in Romans says, that when you go through, it builds character and endurance and everything. And patience. And patience. 
and love, bro. Yeah, of course. Because hey. before, bro, I used I used to like be such a bad person. I hated everyone. I hated meeting people. But now, <laughs> honestly, before I didn't like the youth, bro. I used to tell everyone like, "Y'all aren't my friends. Like, you just you're just people from church." But now I look at everyone. I'm like, "Y'all are family to me. Like, I genuinely love you." Like right now, Raquel said she was hungry. I was like, "Bro, I'll go get you food." You know, right? Like just little things like that that I wouldn't do for anybody. You know, like. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it, like you were talking about, like the difficult moments. I, I mean, you know, a lot of people think that when we're young, we think it's okay. I accept Christ and boom, I'm done. Like, um, yeah. there's a little bit more than that. Right. That's just step 1A. There's like, you got to go step 1B. There's before you can get to step the whole two. alphabet. Yeah, right? you, and like different levels, right? right? So, you know, it's just accepting Christ and then choosing him as your savior. But then you got to go through the process of getting refined, right? Uh, like, you were saying like difficult moments make you make you make you prepare you for the future. Danny was saying that too. It's kind of like gold, right? How it gets refined. Gold, it's not shiny and it's not a ring. It's not a necklace when they pull it out of the ground. It's it's covered in dirt and different mixes, and then you got to put it through fire. Difficult moments to make it pure, and then it's still got to go through more fire to get shaped and banged in with a band with a with a, with a hammer into shape. So a lot of people get. The solution, tired, sad, and like, oh, wait, I accepted Christ. Like, okay, chill. Everything's going to be cool now. I'm just going to coast through life. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be good. I'm going to go to heaven. Like, it gets a little bit more difficult, and it's not for the for the worse. It's for the better because God's <clears throat> preparing us, like you said, Maynard, maybe that was, to help. That was me, bro. I remember speaking to Danny. Like, my thing was I would get angry really quick. I had really bad anger issues, and I would always get into, um, <laughs> I would go to get into arguments with my friends here at church. And I spoke to Danny about it, and he was like, that's just God testing your patience. God is testing you in your weakest points, and that's when you have to show, like, how he, how he lives in your life, you know? And Danny really helped me out in that, dude, because I used to have a really bad attitude. But like you said, all of that builds character, and it stretches you out, because now, literally, I don't get mad like I used to, man. I let things go. I feel the love of Jesus, his peace inside of me. I see no reason to... Like make a big deal out of things, and 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 this is and this is a, a tip for for the people. Um, and by the way, everything you say, glory to God. Honestly, nothing, nothing. Oh yeah, of I course, did glory was, to God. But He used you. Know? <laughs> yeah, I, I I I agree. I was gonna tell you just just a tip for the for the people that are listening to this, and they're like, yeah, anybody. I don't feel like <clears throat> I don't feel part of uh, of the the youth. I, and I understand it's difficult, right? It's difficult to coming and brand new people. You don't know. Mostly because people have like anxiety or they're yeah. shy. And, and but you know what? I think the number one thing that when when people a lot of people would tell me, yeah, Danny, but look, they talk bad about me. But look, Danny, they're they're hypocrite. And I would always tell them, worry about yourself. Let God take care of them, and find and find and find a group. And I look, I can't say everybody run their youth the way the way I run it because every, every, people can have it do it better. But what I what I try to do is, and what I was trying to always implement is, we're not a bunch of different little groups. We're one group. We're a family. And then everybody can just, you know, hey, I, hey, I hang out with just, you know, this, this, and this. Perfect. But when we come together, we're stronger than if we were in se se separate uh, groups. So, um, you know, if you have a, if you're struggling with this, like, oh, I don't know where this, or you know, okay, I accepted Jesus Christ, just like just like Eric said, but I, I just I just don't know where, and I don't oh, oh or the original one. I'd rather do it at my house. I'm okay. It's okay. You can do it, but how are you gonna know what other people are going through if you don't know? Or you're gonna you're gonna hit a speed bump saying, Oh, now I feel um <clears throat> like 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 in one of our episodes, now we got feel anxiety. What do I do? You can't figure it out on your own. You can't understand the Bible on your own. And you know, there's a verse in, in the Bible that says 
two are better than one, for if one falls, the other shall pick him up. Pick, pick him up. And you can't, if, if you're walking, <laughs> this has happened to me, I've fallen on the ground. <laughs> like oh, yeah. twist in my ankle, going to 7-Eleven. So uh. <laughs> thank you, 7-Eleven, if you're listening to this. But Sponsored. Yeah, sponsored, right? <laughs> Look for sponsorships. Uh, no, but literally, I literally tripped, like twisted my ankle and I couldn't get myself back up. I was like, and there was nobody around. I was like, this is what I get for getting snacks at one in the morning. So I had to drag myself back to the car. So what do I say that for? If you are alone and you fall and there's no one to help you out, it's going to be really difficult to stay on the path of Christ because like we were saying, it's not easy. So but, many things can happen. Right. You can fall into some self-pity party where you don't think you're good enough or you can right. keep going with your sin. You can take so many different paths when you don't have someone else there trying to help you out. Right, and that's what Danny was talking about. That's why, yeah, you want to hang out with you know such and such person because you guys click, cool. But when we're together as one, we can help each other out You know, we're, okay. because two are better than one. How much more? A hundred. 2010. I even think the Bible says it. Like, a brother is there for all the eternity, but a friend is there for the bad times. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> you, exactly, have to, bro. you have to understand that that what we're doing at church, and just, I, I know maybe we're moving away a little bit away from what we're speaking about, but uh, what, what what the youth is trying to be at church is a stop. Number one, we have to, we have to understand that. First, you have to understand that you need friends. If you don't have friends in the youth, no matter if God touches you anywhere, you're never going to find a click in church. Except with God, right? Just that one, you're going to leave and bounce. But you have to have, number one, friends. And you need to find scripture. Scripture is the number, number two thing that I've always implemented you guys with, right? What was it? I was, I was, th I was thinking about it uh, earlier today. We started, re we started hearing Streetlights Bible. And dude, years ago, and bro, like, now everybody reads on their own, dude. And now everybody just reads the Bible, and they go, "Oh yeah," in the King James version. And I'm like, "Wow!" I was like, "If you guys, I wish I can put like a replay." Of, we used to hear, you know, the Bible with <clears throat> with beats, and now we don't need it anymore. I do that sometimes when I drive or sometimes, but but I'm looking at myself and I'm like, it's just part of growth. So you need scripture. And number three, and the last one is you need to have acceptance of who you are. Meaning, if, if, if you and I don't like each other, that's fine. We can coexist exactly. in, in the same thing. We can coexist even though you might be a little bit too high strung for me, but it's okay. I still love you. And if you need something, come to me. And if I need something, I'll come to you. Exactly. No matter what we are, no matter who we are, we're going to set aside a difference and be a family. And I think that's when God comes together and goes, oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to be here. Why? Because they're together and they're... That's they're, how it feels, bro. You, like... Now that I'm in the youth, like years ahead of when we were before, I honestly feel like I have lifelong friends here. Right. Like I know that if I don't talk to you for 10 years, I can come back and you'll still treat me the same. Right. Like we've made lifelong memories, the bond we've created. Like God has worked in us amazing, bro. Like I see the, the other youths from the other churches and there's something special going on here, bro. And there's always has been. Like, I always remember when we would go to youth places, it, it'd always be our church going up first. It'd always be our church trying to help out. You know, I remember I this go. one time we went to, oh, what's it called? Uh, what are those things we used to do every month? Youth conferences. The, the youth conferences, there we go. It's, it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I forgot now. the name. But I remember we went to youth conference one time, and they needed help picking up chairs. And I told the guys, yo, let's help them with chairs, while the rest of the youth was just standing around. And just little things that you notice that, like, the youth, like, the youth leaders implement into you. Like, right. It's just little things that I really appreciate personally. And, and, and we also have to understand that each church is different. No, each yeah, church is going through different situations. And you said accepting yourself. And that's also accepting, accepting, I guess, the situation you're in. And I don't mean by, okay, I'm in this situation. I'm cool like how I am. But more of like understanding that it's part of the process, right? right. It's, you know, because 
if you're in God's ways, he's doing something for, to improve you, even if it looks tough, right? Because in the end, all, what does the Bible say? All things work for the better for those who love God. And it all starts with loving God. And how do you love God? By accepting him, by knowing that he's real and having that personal encounter with you. I agree. And you know what? <clears throat> We've been going at this for like 30, 32 minutes. I don't know, 35 minutes. So, um, look, I just want to end this with, with, with this thought. And throw this away. Like it, love it. Not, but I got to keep in mind something. You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. So, whether you start in the bottom or whether you start somewhere halfway, you got to start somewhere. So, I think today, today with all the stories and, you know, everything that we read in the Bible, we see that Jesus went through the same struggle that we did. You know what I'm saying? His, you, know, you know what's funny? His parents didn't understand him. He wanted to go to church. And they would pull him out. Imagine that's backwards, right? It's the same. It's backwards with us. We wouldn't want to go to church. And they would pull us back in. So, so Jesus understood that. And what, what did he do? He persevered. He kept going, because sooner or later, I promise you guys, it will get better. It so, will. so guys, God bless you guys. Um, this is the Redeemed uh, uh, podcast. Um, follow us on Instagram at Evanesed. No, that's for the... That's for the MNSA <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah, the, the, the redeemed <laughs> one is at Redeemed LA. Yeah. And we're also on Twitter. So stay tuned for the next podcast. Take God care, bless guys. you guys. Bless bless you. Guys. See you later.